I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have a couple folks that I greatly value in this world. Mr. Brian Callen and uh, Hunter Matz. Brian is, I would say, he's certainly one of my favorite comedians out there presently. Uh, I really value his intention of infusing real information, actually getting you to kind of scratch your head a bit, along with comedy. It's really beautiful. It's absolutely worth checking out if you have an opportunity. Um, and Hunter Matz is the writer of Straight Edge Conspiracy and uh, is walking the path to change our perspective on education in this world. So a really fun conversation. We get into all sorts of stuff in relation to tribal cultures and how body language affects our health and how sometimes some of the most traumatic situations that we can go through are some of the most valuable. Um, Really fun conversation. Here's a little clip for you. Because as the Chinese say, you're only as old as your spine. And I can assure you, listeners, that my spine is fucking young. In fact, I move like a crustacean I with sans shell. In other words, I ain't got no spine. That's what it seems like anyway. You guys are laughing, but I'm dead serious. Thank you so much for tuning in to aligntherapy.com if you feel called towards that website. Um, Really fun stuff. On there, you can get yourself the Start the Five-Day Movement Challenge. Get your movement in order. It's right off the first page. And um, check out the show notes for the show and uh, free videos, all sorts of great stuff. Hope you guys enjoy aligntherapy.com. And thank you so much to Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a full comprehensive, what do you call it, a supplement, meal replacement. It's delicious, whole food, powdered up um, in a little bottle. All you do is add some add some milk or water or whatever you're into to adding. And uh, if you're on the go, it's got all the healthy fats you need. It's got collagen protein. It's got probiotics. It's got green supplements. Highly recommend checking that stuff out. Get yourself 15% off at amplemeal.com slash align. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's amplemeal.com and use the align code. So align code, amplemeal.com. Alright, um, quote that we got for ya. This quote comes from Mr. Primo Levy, who we mentioned in the podcast as well, and it goes something like this. The aims of life are the best defense against death. The aims of life are the best defense against death. I think that is really beautiful. Uh, It feels to me as though when we have intention and we have feeling a purpose or reason for getting up in the morning, I think that's one of the most important health indicators that we can possibly have and uh, it leads into the cascade of the rest of our biology functioning at a high level, higher level. So uh, kind of an interesting thing thing to think about when we get so wrapped up in nutrition and exercise and all these components that are a little bit more measurable, but uh, are you really excited about your existence, are you excited about your work, are you excited about your relationships? I think that's pretty big. Um, Thanks so much for buying crap on the Amazon affiliate link on the right-hand sidebar of the podcast page, onlinetherapy.com slash podcast. Anytime you buy crap off Amazon, 
buy that crap through that link and we get about 7%, takes it out of Amazon and costs you nothing. Great way to support this podcast. And thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes. If we read your review via iTunes, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic mushrooms. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. All right, here we go. Back to the show with Mr. Brian Callen and Hunter Matz. Next week, we will do a one-on-one conversation just with Hunter. So uh, look forward to that as well. All right, here we go. Bing, 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 Align Podcast. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, are we recording? I just started recording. Yeah, because I just wanted to say that we have Aaron Alexander here as a movement specialist and uh, couldn't be, I, I, I don't know why you wear clothes. If I had a body like that at six foot five, probably 220, I would never wear clothing. Uh, and uh, and he's got a perfect, that there's this golden turmeric hue to his skin. And I want everyone to know that he, when he saw me at Erwan, which is a very expensive uh, a supermarket. They sell camel milk there, raw. Um, th- that gives you an idea. Apparently, he saw me and he goes, "That guy's got, you know, he's put together well, and he and he moves well." And then he went, "Holy shit, that's Brian the Kid Callen. No wonder they call him the Kid at fifty, because as the Chinese say, you're only as old as your spine. And I can assure you, listeners, that my spine is fucking young. In fact, I move like a crustacean." I with sans shell. In other words, I ain't got no spine. That's what it seems like anyway. You guys are laughing, but I'm dead serious. Aaron Alexander, welcome to the mother of all podcasts, uh, Mixed Mental Arts. Thank you very much. I feel very tumescent. I know. And that's all we had to say, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in and kiss my ass. And we're out. Uh, yeah. You've got a band over there where you teach people to move and decompress. You just, you just realigned my sister-in-law who uh, probably holds her body in a, in, in a very familiar Western culture way, right? One of the things that I, I remember, I went to Indonesia, hashtag world traveler, and I was, uh, I was studying orangutans. Uh, sorry, that's, uh, that's Indonesian for orangutan, uh, i.e. person of the forest. And uh, I was with the Dayak in uh, Indonesian. It's pronounced Dayak. And... Uh, I noticed that they, the anthropologist said, watch how they walk. And first of all, they don't, break a twig, they don't break a twig under their feet. They don't really sweat, and nor do the bugs bite them. They've evolved for their forest. But they walk um, looking up because life happens about 100 feet above their head. And when you say life happens about 100 feet up their head, so does the food. So they have sort of evolved to look above them. And it was very interesting to see how they move because all of us are looking down to where we're walking. They aren't. They're looking higher. So you know, you 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 evolve even physically according to the the dictates of your culture, the needs. And I think you know we live in a culture that probably favors a rounded back, someone with the posture of a jumbo shrimp as they're <laughs> as they're at there. That's Nick DePaula's joke. As at there, I think at their uh, at their cubicle on a computer, doing the best they can to make ends meet. Yeah, so that leads into stress. We were talking about, um, you know, the Robert Sapolsky, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers mm-hmm. book before. And it's it's been shown that when we're in this really analytical focused vision, that kind of, have you ever heard a book called The Master and His Emissary? 
I have. Ah, pretty fascinating book. So it's all about kind of this this left hemisphere, right hemisphere balance between our brains. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, people of this time frame are more occupied by their left hemisphere, which is more like that analytical, linear kind of like get the money, get things done, like why did you know making sense of things, as opposed to allowing more of that creative, expressive, looking up into the tree branches part aspect mm-hmm. of ourselves to come on. So upon wandering through the woods when you look at like a kid or an animal that might probably be a little bit potentially maybe a little bit more like baseline balanced you see them kind of using both of those sides of the hemispheres i think fairly equally yeah right and so what they're doing is they're looking up into the tree branches and they're having all these creative imaginary that's why things like snowboarding have you guys ever snowboarded at all uh twice okay Back. <laughs> all right but, but to your point my son the other day was at the park with me and i i he was jumping and moving and I was like what are you doing I go how you doing and he goes quiet and I go whoa well what he goes I'm, I'm looking for gold yeah. he was in his own world he was a pirate yeah so he's he's stretching his imagination through connecting that kind of bootstrapping that to his movement practice right so it's it's in that integration of my creative expression I bet you when you think about comedy routines or whatever the term would be you're probably moving around sometimes I I, I am you it's get your so best funny. ideas I, when you're swimming or whatever yeah well walking I mean I I, uh, I get I've had to train myself to write when I when I when I drive but I've written my best jokes when I'm hiking in Topanga yep that's it you know that's exactly it you know and so then there's also like the other conversation what is it what is it called oh man nature bathing japanese words like kuma i don't remember what the term is but they call it nature bathing mm-hmm. right so it's this concept of when you're outside you're getting for one thing you're getting the phytoncides and all these different chemicals from the plants and such but you are connecting with sun you're opening up that expansive viewpoint on the world you're looking mm-hmm. out into the distance you're doing all these things that our culture is deprived of yeah and then all of a sudden like ideas start coming to you because you start taking yourself out of that box from yeah. a physical approach. yeah but so so here's the only the only issue i have is yes and i agree that that's that's a liability of our culture the problem is that most people live in a world where that's just the way it is and it has to be because they got real life measurable issues so there's another way to deal with stress as well which might be and i really like this you're never going to get rid of stress. You can have perspective and stuff like that, but there's a better way to do it too, which might be manage your stress with a different mindset, which is this is my body getting ready for action. This is my body getting ready for combat. This is my body getting ready for excitement. This is my body getting ready for adventure. I don't know what's going to happen next, so my body usually closes in and I get tight. Or maybe I'm producing hormones and things that are making me feel more alive and more, you know, it's a little bit like that Jocko Willick, I think his philosophy, if something goes wrong, good, good. What can I learn from this? Good. I'm cold. Good. I can turn that into something else. You know, things are going to happen to us. How do we react to them? And, And maybe you can train your body to react to stress by opening up as opposed to closing down. It's just a learned mechanism, right? And feeling more alive, right? I mean, you know, our hunter-gatherer ancestors, when they were in a situation of challenge, they didn't have the op- op- the um, the choice of shutting down and sort of getting afraid and getting all of this. You had to rise to the occasion. That's why doing the things that are difficult. I've talked to Joe Rogan about this, talked to a lot of people about this. Doing things that are difficult is, or even scary, like I, I, you know, uh, my buddy who was a pro fighter, Brennan Schaub, my partner, 
um, says um, partner, meaning we're lovers. Um, and uh, no, but uh, but partner, and 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 he he's, he hates when I spar, and I hate when I spar when I box because I'm terrified. But it it opens up channels and vessels that are creative in me. It it, it keeps me alive, right? It's the same thing with starving, you know, fasting. Mm-hmm. It's a, you all of a sudden, as long as you're in that your your comfort zone, you're never challenged to think any differently, right? Yeah. So if every day you always keep your air conditioner set to 65 degrees or whatever comfortable is, you know, and then, and then when it gets too cold, you end up putting the heat on, and then it's like sometimes you really need to expose yourself to something else in order to to to, to change. Or you'll get too in, you'll become a crank and start worrying about things that don't really matter. I mean. I mean, this is my problem with how sensitive we are about anything that could be considered racist, homophobic, feminist, I mean, or anti-feminist. I mean, we are, we have a group of people out there that are so, they have antenna that are keyed so, they're, they're dialed to the, to, 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 you know, number 10 for any, you know, infraction any infraction, you know, that could trample on someone else's quote-unquote rights or sensibilities. My God, these white girls are selling burritos. They're culturally appropriating something. Get a fucking job or some... We need a natural disaster or a war to get people out of their bullshit. What a... Talk about a... You're not making the world a better place. You're not. Well, you are a the, fetishist. Well, Brian, that's the left's version of that. The right's version of that is what does Starbucks put on its Christmas cups? I agree. So same it's shit. Not, same it's, bullshit. On both every, sides, they think the same way. That's right. It's, they it's, don't. They, they, they think different things, but they think the same way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not familiar, about ideology. It's about psychology. Are you familiar with the book called Paradise Made in Hell? No. no, it's all about what you're saying, right? So, so it's the people in, you know, say like World Trade Center, like the firemen and the survivors and all that stuff, or people that go to war, or, you know, all these people that go through these seemingly horrendous, heinous situations end up reporting back. That's a lot of like military folks that get back and like, I just can't reintegrate into society because I don't have anything that feels so visceral, so real, so connected to be me being with my brothers. And we were, there's bullets flying past my head, you know, and it's like, I, you're dependent on me and I'm dependent on you. Yeah. We don't have that here because to here it's like a really uncomfortable situation is like I missed two hours of feeding. The fascinating, that's it. You're so right because the fascinating thing is also in a lot of times in war situa- wartime situations, I can't remember who's talking about this, uh, but there, there's measurable data about uh, around um, when there is a high stress situation on a population, especially during war, suicides go down. And psych admissions go way down. Isn't that fascinating? Because mm-hmm. people have something to struggle against. And human beings, to some degree, are, are, you know, now listen, you've got to help people navigate through this horrific stuff. Yeah. But, and I think it might have been, I think the person talking about this might have been Jordan Peterson. I can't remember. There's well, it's also, I mean, uh, Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe, is all about That's this. who was talking about yeah. it. Right. That's who was talking about it. Um, but the, I think this also brings up uh, your other favorite book, which is one of my all-time favorite books, Man's Search for Meaning. Dude. I was just talking about it yesterday. About it. I yeah. just recommended Fucking it to so somebody. Good. It's, yeah. Can I swear? 
You, uh, you yeah. can. Oh, you can. Yeah. This is not a you safe space. Do you know, for, for, the longest time, for, for the longest time, I've been I've been telling people that Viktor Frankl killed himself, and he didn't. He lived till he was 92. I think you conflated Viktor Frankl and Primo Levi. You yes. took two, yes. two Holocaust surviving right. authors, and you made them into like a super Voltron I sure Holocaust did. survivor. I, I was thinking about Primo Levi because yeah. Woody Allen, I think, brought him up in his movie, in one of his movies. And Yeah, that's right. Sorry about the planes, ladies and gentlemen. It's paparazzi. Uh, uh, they know that I'll shoot down <laughs> helicopters with my turret gun, so now they're taking pictures of me from very, very high-powered lenses. Yeah. And they love to watch me podcast outside <laughs> in my sprawling backyard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Man's Search for Meaning, I mean, that book changed my life, but I think it speaks to everything that we're talking about because I understood in high school that I was happy because I had some, I wasn't necessarily happy, but I had purpose. I knew that I really wanted to go to Harvard and that structured my life for me. And then after college, I was like, I was miserable all through college because I had no purpose. Mm. And then I decided to just pick a purpose. And the purpose was to fix education and do whatever it took to fix that. And the point is, is it doesn't, it, I, I, one of the speeches that most inspires me and sort of resonates with a lot of what you've been talking about is uh, JFK's moonshot speech, um, where, you know, he says, why climb the highest mountain? Uh, and, you know, he says, because it is there, mm. you know, and not because it is easy, but because it is had and because it will serve to measure the best of us. And I think that's the thing. I think that's what human beings need is they need a goal that is so large and so difficult that they have no choice but to rise to the occasion. Mm. Yeah. Rashad Evans, who was a UFC champion, was on The Fighter and the Kid one time. And he said when he won the belt, when he finally won the belt. He was he was sitting there in his dressing room and he had the belt and he was like, ah, fuck, I think I get, I'm getting depressed. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of world champion fighters who say that. Once they get the belt, they want to, they almost get suicidal. Yeah, what One are you going to do? did get suicidal. Caught, his wife caught him with a rope around his neck. And he was, yeah. And Why she do you him. think that is? Probably the same reason we're talking about. You scratch and crawl to get to the top of that mountain. And then when you've done it, there is, you're left maybe with, um, you know, the the sides of yourself that you had to ignore the sides of yourself that you had to neglect maybe or just the fact that whatever you were trying to get rid of nullify um numb um probably are still there regardless there's no escape maybe there's no escape yeah because i i think that what drives a lot of world champions they're not balanced people typically it's hard to be balanced and be a world champion at anything. And I think that sometimes when that struggle's taken away or they, you know, or they're no longer doing it, it's it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. It's also that you've taken away someone's peak experience. The peak experience is of trying to do something hard and yeah. having to be engaged with that and having to focus on that. And that's that's a powerful drug. And yeah. then you're taking that drug away. And how does that then affect your psychology? But the point is, I think it's the greatest drug around. And I think that, you know, when you achieve one goal, the point is, is that now it's time to set another bigger one. Yeah. that forces you to rise to the occasion even more. Yeah, but, you know, and also sometimes you may not have that, so there's nothing wrong with a, a, a hobby. There's nothing wrong. I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but I swear to God, yesterday, I was playing tennis because I've worked so hard. I was playing tennis in, in not, not a game, but I was hitting with this pro, and I was hitting better than I thought I was ever going to ever. I, 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 I 
because I obsess over my stroke and I watch YouTube videos and I take tennis lessons and thankfully I'm I'm a little bit coordinated. I was hitting the ball like like um, man, I, I never thought that would ever have been possible at 50 years old. Like I was like I actually accomplished something. I'm the only one watching. I'm the only one impressed with myself, but it feels so fucking good. I don't need an audience. It was just like, I can't believe I'm hitting like this because I worked really hard at it. And I, and it's so, so you can really get immense satisfaction out of small things like that. You're not going to, I'm never going to be a professional tennis player. It's so beside the point. But you don't need to be a professional tennis player in order to have that satisfaction. Right? Yeah, because, it can because, be personal. Because what drives me anyway, I don't know about other people, but what drives me and maybe other people can identify, maybe you guys can identify with this is, so when I watch, when I used to watch really good tennis players, it was a mystery. I, I didn't understand how they were hitting the ball so far hard. And then I thought to myself, well, that's not for me because I had to have started when I was really young. But then slowly I kind of snuck up on it and I was like, maybe, maybe I can touch a little piece of that because I'm seeing that if I make a couple of adjustments with this professional that I'm actually, and then all of a sudden one day you, it all clicks. Like all the things you've been working on click together and you start to feel it in your body and it becomes a muscle memory thing. And for a second there, for the one hour or even the 20 minutes I'm hitting that well, you get a little, a little peek into that big dark room there's a little light that's shown into that and you're no longer such a stranger now you're 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 at least in the room with a flashlight god my metaphors are so deep <laughs> so deep and so <laughs> and illuminating no pun intended but you know what i'm saying so that's what we were talking about before of uh, the thing that separates humans from other critters primates and all the rest is is our capacity for communication and social learning mm -hmm. you know and so that is again allegory for our capacity for communication in our own nervous system and being able to pick up a new sport, mm -hmm. right? So someone that is disconnected or disassociated from their body, disembodied, right? They haven't figured out those foundational movement patterns. Picking up new movement patterns becomes very challenging. You're, you know, very, <laughs> very uh, kind of like, like paradoxically humble. And you're saying that, you know, <laughs> you're... <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm paradoxically humble. <laughs> it's so funny. Like Del Davidoff said, you are you are loved mostly by yourself, but also by me and many right, others. Yeah. But you're saying like you're <laughs> thankfully, you know, whatever language you use, like I happen to be kind of coordinated. You know, and that's yeah. because you started with that foundation of you probably had some good coaches, you probably yeah. fell out of some trees, you probably you did some things where it forced that, mm -hmm. you know, the the connection that we have in social social our present social system is like the internet yeah you know, and now you just press blah, fill in any word is blah, it yes immediately integrates into the ether yeah you know and that's what we can do in our body if we connect the dots and if we kind of you know integrate the matrix mm. you know and if you have a disintegrated matrix so it's that's what connective tissue looks like it looks like this kind of like lattice crystalline lattice matrix it's really beautiful really? and if you have this integration or connection within that you pick up things fast mm. that gets into things like another thing that I, i've kind of been watching is uh capacity for empathy which i think if there's anything that you do well that probably is probably one of your strongest things i would imagine just watching you talk to people and such yeah i, I i'll take that as a compliment yeah. i mean somebody gave me that compliment yesterday I, I, I that's just something that i you know somebody was saying nice things and i said well you know look i i, I did somebody a favor and i said it, all it was dude is i turned and i asked the makeup artist 
to do me a favor. Like I asked if somebody could sit in and watch. That's not heroic. I just, I, I was able to make someone's life a little better or I had a little bit of knowledge, be like you, where if you see somebody in pain and they're holding their body a certain way. It'd be very hard for you not to say, can you just try to adjust your body? That's not, that doesn't make me heroic, right? It's, it just makes me, I, I can. It's not a lot of effort. And if people think that that's, you know, and you never know, by the way, what kind of an influence you're going to have on somebody by saying three words to them, right? You, 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 you know, I've been around, made a lot of mistakes. So if I see you, if I see you talking around an issue or I see you making a mistake, I might say, turn the wheel a little bit so you don't run in that wall because I ran in that wall. It sucks. That, you know, right? I mean, that's our job. But that awareness, to even have that awareness is developed partly through having exercised empathy, right? That's mm. a you've, physical action. Yeah. Empathy. You, mm-hmm. you've, you've put that's yourself in their, other sho- in their shoes. Yes. Yeah. So, so looking, I've been threatening of writing an article called The Fitness of Empathy for the last, like, way too long. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it this week. It's happening. Fitness of Empathy is going down. Good. You know, and, it, and it's... And it's when you look at, for example, Botox, if people do Botox, they'll notice immediately after the Botox, they'll feel a little bit happier. They'll report feeling a little bit happier because they're turning on those that smile reflex. Oh, wow. Same thing happens when people bite a pencil. It horses them to how to hit. So they have a smile, so they start perceiving reality as a little bit more joyous. To piggyback on that, they've done studies where somebody who holds a pencil in their mouth uh, lengthwise, yeah. uh, thinks things are funnier. This isn't thinking fast and slow, I think, versus when they hold a pencil, like, you know, they have to hold it when it's going, jutting straight out of their mouth. Yeah. Things are not as funny. So the way they hold Same their one, face yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And well, and I mean, this, and remember Ekman, right? So they took the human oh, face Ekman. and they put in all these little electrodes, and Ekman typed in. Uh, basically to activate certain muscle groups to basically force his face into certain facial expressions and then would feel those emotions. Mm. And you, I mean, so much of this comes down to, you know, we create this artificial distinction between facial expression and feeling, but that's not how it actually operates in the body. It's all connected. Well, as an actor, honestly, not to be, but, you know, we we call it assuming the position. Position, Believe me, you can make yourself cry or laugh if if you... assume if you you know put your body into that position and this gets back to jumbo shrimp because one of the interesting things that aaron said when we met is what is the consequence of jumbo shrimping your body is you're assuming the position of depression and Mm. that and that over a long time has a cumulative effect on how you feel so what's your aaron so what what are the things that you see in people like the the biggest problems typically you see in people and how can they fix themselves collapse so so collapse at any level there's one thing i wanted to say that was that so collapse and then we'll talk about what that means um, but previously with the botox thing and the pencil thing and all that stuff the the main point that i had with that was what we find when we get stuck in that you know okay i feel a little bit happier but you don't have this fitness of those facial muscles or throughout the rest of your body so what you end up losing is empathy so if i can't actually put if i can't take you on Mm -hmm. i can't feel you wow right you know so if, if as i'm moving if i have that 
capacity to kind of move into my bone and like, uh, you know, like yeah. that's like acting practice on me, 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 me. You're going through all these different ranges, like maybe ranges you might not ever use, but you'll use little fragments of it. And then when you go up into being stage or you go up to having like a, you know, a therapeutic appointment or whatever it is, you're able to meet someone exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. Right. It's called modeling in like NLP terms. Mm-hmm. And then from there you can move them to a place that you want them to be you know, like mm-hmm. a more happier state. Mm-hmm. Right. So the fitness of empathy is actually a physical practice. Right. So if you are just muscle, you mentioned like Jocko Willink or, you know, you're just like, you know, he's like a beautiful human being. And, you know, I, I think like I, I love his message and all that stuff. And he also kind of fits a certain archetype. Yeah, he's a warrior. Yeah. He I fits. Mean, he a, just you a, just looked at him. You're captain, like, dear that, God. Yeah, that's a SEAL team. Right. That's a SEAL team commander and that's yeah. a yeah different kind of that's right. a, that's a guy who's who's put himself to the test in very extreme life and death yeah. circumstances and there's value to that you know there's value to that there's also liability with that i'm sure you know i know seal team 6 guys who who have dealt who continue to deal with the liability of that as well right but the secret spy that goes in and you know is, is getting all like the details and all that stuff usually isn't going to be a big thick stern yeah. like knock the wall down person it's going to be somebody more like you or Water. somebody more like that's a little bit more yeah Bruce like fluid shape shifting yeah. yeah. right that chameleon capacity which is again it's a physical practice to get to the point of being a chameleon it's funny you say that because i've i've talked to high level you know, operator, operators, you know, uh, command, commandos and stuff who talk about how you you can be excluded from certain units just for looking too tough. Like you look too, you're too square jawed and too macho looking or too tough looking. And so you stand out. So you're not good for, for you know, uh, undercover operations and stuff because they're like, well, there's the huge American, there's the giant corn-fed American with a neck the size of a fire hydrant. He's obviously not a cultural attaché. He's here to kill us. So you need guys, and that's why you need I work. Somebody who's medium. That's why I'm. I. That's why I don't do this podcast as often as I'd like to, guys. You're welcome for for waking up free every morning. You're welcome, and that's all I'm going to say. Wow. Yeah. And, and all of you listeners are welcome. Yeah. A little bit of fuggliness goes a long way. That's, <laughs> that's a tribute to how little faith Brian has in the audience of this podcast is that he feels comfortable revealing his CIA operative I was status. Say, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I know. I know. All three of you listeners. Um, You're I, in I, the circle now. I'm you now rec- have top I, secret well, I'm, clearance. I'm still, I'm, I haven't, I'm still recovering from standing next to Aaron in the mirror and and, and sort of just kind of looking at what his six foot four six five bronzed frame looked like compared to my irish italian peasantry my my scaffolding my peasant scaffolding you said collapse or we, we started talking yeah, about yeah, collapse. yeah talk about that yeah yeah so, so what you'll see have you guys ever heard of a tensegrity model or buckminster fuller or any kind of smarty pants I've stuff like that buckminster, buckminster fuller bucky fuller yeah so he is if you've ever seen these large tensegrity models essentially what or smaller ones like little kids toys i bet you your kids got one lying around there somewhere yeah. it's essentially like these elastic bands connected to wooden dowels and it kind of they all connect together and if you move any aspect of this little model the whole model moves along with it. If you pull it open, the whole model pulls open. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? It'll seem like dentist office. Yeah. 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 Really? Exactly. All right, yeah. good. Sweet. Or the geodesic dome at Epcot Center. That's the Buckminster Fuller ball. That's what he made. Yeah, and it says it's based yeah. off of, yeah, so like all the domes, that's all Bucky Fuller. But that's not a tensegrity structure yeah, in the yeah, sense yeah. that it has that dynamic movement. But human beings are tensegrity structures. That makes sense. Right? Is that what he, when he designed it, was that the idea? 
uh well yeah relating it to uh you know biology relating it to, okay. to organic systems as well yeah for sure that was like yeah. a big part of it and so what you'll see with that is if we compress any aspect of this tensegrity structure you take any random corner of it and you go and you squeeze it a little bit you'll see the whole entire thing revert to collapse oh, so i don't know what you're talking about then I was oh, something else. all Sorry. right we'll get well do you guys have show notes yeah, we do. Uh, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do, Brian. Yeah, we yes, do. Brian. You have a whole website that is being built for sure. you by people all over the world. Thank you, you people yeah, all yeah, over the world. Yeah. So right, we'll, um, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, go we're check, put it go check that out. I was going to say, put it in the show, the show notes. notes. In the show notes. Um, we'll get a picture of it. I'll send but, you a link. But, uh, you know, I think a good way to sort of uh, dial this in and make this really specific is, is that, you know, you pointed out Brian's son and then Brian's sister-in-law, right? And Brian's son knows how to sit naturally. It, the the thing that is going on right now, I mean, we really, this is why, in general, needing video for this podcast, I've never necessarily understood it, but when oh, you have... Aaron's Aaron never and, not <laughs> moving. Never, never not, not moving. stretching. Yeah. I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Your stillness is it's like you're dead. Once something gets rigid and bound yeah. up and dehydrated and like fancy word, like agglomerated, adhesed, all these, you know, yeah. whatever words, that's kind of the beginning of, of death, like rigor mortis. Rigor mortis, yeah. Right? yeah. You know, and, and so if you can keep that system fluid and keep it like water, right, yeah. then that's a, that's a living, breathing, vibrant, dynamic system. Mm. But as see, soon as it dries up, that's death. I meditate see, on the top um, of a mountain every morning. You, but, <laughs> but here's the amazing thing. So, Aaron, how much do you work out? Do you, like, work out a lot? Uh, man, this is thanks for setting me up. I, I, uh, I mean, life is, is a workout, right? You know, so since... I, and, and this sounds like so cheesy, I know in advance, but it really is the quality that you get up out of bed. I swear to God, every day the first thing I do when I get up out of bed is I think of my knee position as I'm standing up from a lunge. And I think because my bed's kind of low, right? And so the first thing that I do is I feel my feet planted on the ground. And I feel I'm, I'm starting off in a lunge, essentially, and coming up and keeping my spine long. And then from there, starting to feel the quality moving in your feet. It's not a big deal. I know it sounds cliche and douchey. No, it's not it becomes a big deal. habitual. Yeah. And you'll start moving that way. Yeah. What, what are, if I gave, if, 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 um, I put you on a desert island, and I said there are five, there are five exercises. It's the only five you can do. Yeah. What would they be? Dude, that's a freak ton of exercises. Oh, it is. Yeah. If All I, right, I mean, three. If, if I only had, three and so what do we ass. consider? What do we consider exercise? Well, because you have a very, I mean, you're you're in good shape, right? Your muscles are big. And, I mean, they are. You're a big guy. No, but I mean, the, the body. Strong. You have the body that uh, people like. Yeah, me I don't think want a jogger's body. I want. I want the Aaron Alexander body. Now, I know a lot of this is genetics. I mean, your 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 bone structure. But you've worked hard to to get this very um, balanced and and optimally muscular body. Okay, I don't know how much you lift or stuff, but but. Tell me what what are the what are the exercises? The Do you, three. you guys know Chris Ryan, right? Yes, I was on his podcast twice, oh, right. and we need to get that's him on this podcast. That's how I discovered Hunter. Yeah, Chris is rad. Highly recommend getting Chris, Chris on here. Yeah, Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. super super Sex rad. Been on Joe's show a whole bunch yeah. of times. Um, so when I did, I did. Uh, his podcast or like swapped off and uh, one of the things that he had mentioned on there is like how do you inhabit your body mm -hmm. you know so that being the main thing is that the main driving force is just it's not so much about like what exercises you do or what whatever it's on a momentary basis how do you inhabit yourself Right. But see, I think that's the, I mean, you know, we... Uh, and that's too broad, I know. We'll, we can dig in deeper well, specifically. But, but I, I think the, the, you know, this sort of goes back to that concept that you and I talked about, where 
um, you know, we when we had we were down at Brian's show in Irvine, and uh, we had a, it was a phenomenal it show. Really, it was legitimately good. Um, Come on, guys. <laughs> and we had. This, I mean, keep, keep yeah, going. keep going. Yeah, and we had this mixed mental arts meetup, which was all about people coming from all over the country to spend even seconds with Brian. Um, so, and one so of the ridiculous. one of the people who did was Matt Madonna, who drove all the way from Phoenix. Good guy. To see Brian. Thank you, Matt. They're all wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Um, Brian looks guilty right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I don't want the crown. But see, this I'm is not the fascinating worthy. thing about Brian is, is that he spends all this time building himself up. And then when you try and put attention on him, then he like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's well, so you know, uncomfortable. I mean, uh, well, but that, that's more because I'm not, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm right. I'm not worthy. Let's not get carried away. I might be older and I've been at it for a while. So then, yeah, okay. okay. Anyway. It's because you do hard things, man. Yeah. That's what like Joe talks yeah. about. Is yeah. a lot, you know. It's it's maintaining that. If you get lost in your image and your social media profile and all the bullshit that's not actually real, yeah. and you don't ever get a moose or you know whatever, hike up the mountain or starve a little bit yeah. or get really fucking cold, you can become consumed by that image. But yeah. every moment that you have that kind of like real come to Jesus, like oh my God, I could fucking die right now, mm-hmm. you get snapped out quick. And so all those people that are huddled up in Hollywood that are kind of stuck inside their image, that's that's freaking that's yeah. Sickness. But it's also you know for it's also this idea too that you don't sometimes like it's just the idea that there's like um, uh, imagining what perfection is, imagining what what it is, and then reaching for it. That can keep you going for a lifetime, right? So yeah. okay, you know you do uh, as an artist you do. A great show and everybody laughs at you but you know deep down inside that there's so much more to do like to be really original to do something that nobody else has ever done that responsibility is what drives you that never goes away so there's always a sense of dissatisfaction right there's always a sense that you have so much more to go so your celebrity your success or whatever it might be is always tempered by that idea which is Okay, you know, it's always a privilege to have people like you or to want to take pictures with you. It's great. I love it. I love it. I'm the me when it ever happens to me, man. I'm I've, I I'm I'm a little I I am a little over the top with I go, oh, "Sure, I'll take even more pictures with you." But but it's also um obviously the public embraces can be a distraction and it's it's it 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 really does get to be what it is. Yeah. You better have you better have something. And I've seen this over and over, dude. I've seen people who make billions, not billion, but billions of dollars. And I've spent time with them. And they're so, they're, all they're doing is blow all day. What the fuck is going on here? You're 45 and you're, you're high, you're coked to the gills. What's going on? And why are there three hookers on the couch? And why can't I have sex with them? Oh, because I'll lose my house. <laughs> but, you know, like I'm telling you, I've seen people who get to this point where their no- life is a big number and they got all ki- all the status they want and they're still looking to feel alive. They're still chasing sensation. And if that means risking having your heart stop or, you know, whatever it might be. They, they, so, so I'm sorry this is a long way of saying it, but your intentions better be honest you better you better not build your ho- your house on a on a on a bunch of lies you better yeah. be after something that means something 
that lasts that you can't measure yeah does that make sense and well, sweep your porch you know minimalism don't have a bunch of shit like 100%. everything that you have has carries a certain psychic load to it yes if that look, language is too you know no no it doesn't look picasso i went to an exhibit with picasso and he's doing some of his best work at 90 and i'm not exaggerating at 90 dude he had in a i went to the, you know, and I, luckily I listened to, uh, you know, how you can put on those earphones yeah, yeah. in the museum. This dude was 90 and putting out paintings that were mind-blowing and, and, and having something to say. He'd never lost his outrage. Mm. Come on, man. That, that gives me so much, like, glee. Yeah. The idea that there's so much more work to be done. Yeah. And that's the point in terms of the the championship belt or anything like that. The point is to always be striving. It is to always have the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, but also also maybe also take yourself out of the the um, struggle too. Like, you know, okay, is it really you or are you granted this really unique opportunity in history? One of the few that are uh, that I'm a, I'm I'm able to do it. I get to do it. I'm allowed to do it. That's right. I don't have anybody censoring me. There's nobody, no government official that's going to come in and knock on my door and take me away because they didn't like what I created. I can do anything I want. That responsibility, so having a sense of history and mm -hmm. where you fall in history is very humbling. So then it becomes a, a sense of responsibility, mm -hmm. right? So then if you're really indulging in your own celebrity and people like you for something i mean that is you know it's that's embarrassing but if you have global perspective historical perspective philosophical perspective then you're you, the fact that i get to be expressive without yeah. any governor um is is just is a fucking privilege yeah. and i better wring all the juice i can out of that rag yeah, that's there, right. There's like a, I, I, I do almost every quote incorrectly, but it's something along the lines of, you know, a king is only able to sleep in one bed at a time or one half of a bed and only able to eat one meal at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. that feeling of like, I can do everything because now I have all of the, that's bullshit. You know, like it's like you enjoy a sunset the same way I enjoy a sunset. Mm -hmm. You can't take more sunset than I can take, mm -hmm. you know, and it's well, that, Brian. <laughs> maybe Brian can take more sunset. <laughs> No, but my, my, but buddy, my buddy who made a lot of money um, in real estate was, um, and he grew up very poor, and he's always kept his perspective, and he said he was with uh, about f six guys who had made too much money. They were all yeah. ri ridiculous about it. And he said, and one thing you know is that they were all terribly overweight. They were, they, pull it in, pull it in, yeah, pull it in. So what they, are you the feeling? What they void? had left was there to to sort of feel alive was to satisfy their own sensations, right? Their yep. their apathetic sensations. That's common. Yeah, you know? so that's like you know Maslow's hierarchy. You know, it's I don't actually remember what you Hunter. I'm sure you know what Maslow's hierarchy is. But you know, it starts off like what the heck is it? Do you know what it is off the cuff? Oh, I it's like you basic needs. You know, so you're, yeah, your home and your relationships yeah. and all that stuff. Bro talked about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so eventually you get to the point where I think you do kind of supersede all of those kind of appetite fulfilling parts of yourself and it's more of like you can appreciate it and enjoy the game but you're not in the game you're not consumed by the game yeah right but that's kind of a stepping stone it's kind of like you look at like warren buffett he drives around as like buick and lives in his house that he bought 40 years ago yeah, whatever because he, he gets excitement from figuring things out like right. you know being a good investor which means having to know everything and reading patterns and separating the signal from the noise yeah that's where the joy is that's where the joy the is. joy in stand-up is is not even so much the idea that people are laughing it's can i make people laugh and say something yeah can i make people laugh and uh continue to try to be original 
you know, that's that's where you have so much fun. I mean, I have more fun when I write a joke. Yeah. When I when I figure out the problem and I write the joke, I know it's going to work at this point. I've been doing it too long. People that are really highly successful with, with whatever the thing is, I think oftentimes it can be some byproduct of like a void filling, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like I'm never satisfied because I'm not good enough and I have like a daddy thing, you know, whatever it is. So I just keep on charging and now I have all these things. Yeah. Um, have you felt that at all with yourself? Or do you feel like you've been, you seem like really grounded and really clean with your approach to things, but I wonder, cause you're obviously quite successful in comedy and acting and all that. Have you felt any kind of like unhealthy drive or do you feel pretty at peace with that? I don't know. I am um, an unhealthy drive. I, I, and, uh, hmm. I've never, no, honestly, to be honest with you, I, 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 in other words, uh, I don't want to pad my part here, but, uh, but I think my personality is one where, so Dove Davidoff told me the other day, he said, the one thing I like about you is I, you have friends, you don't have any agenda with your friendships. I don't have any strategic friendships. So I have just as many friends that are completely broke as I have money. I, I've never looked at it. So my drive for spending time with somebody, I've never been able to be strategic about who, who to get to know and save numbers and figure out and create a network of people that can get me somewhere. I'm terrible at that. I'm a bad businessman that way. That's important sometimes. Is I, don't, I don't begrudge people who do that. It can really get you ahead, and it's probably a good idea if you want to get ahead in anything to really be strategic about the people you spend time with. I have spent plenty of times with people that probably take a lot more than I... But I, I get a lot out of them. I like... I like I like all colors and all fr- flavors. By by colors, I I don't I, I only have white friends, but I what I but I mean emotional colors and intellectual colors. But I would never dream of having anybody who's not. I need to see your family tree. Uh, that's and Aaron, you're in because you're tall and very very blonde. The yeah, Aryan um, race. Yes, you. you got even name. your name sounds yeah, like Aryan. I was gonna say, man, throw a fucking Aryan. Throw a brown shirt on this guy and have him go step down the fucking way. Anybody will join him. Even Jews, for God's sake, you're a beautiful man. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, I, 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 healthy, unhealthy drives. I don't know. We all have unhealthy drives. I yeah, mean, I don't know that. I'd like to have sex with all the girls. <laughs> You know, I mean, for real, I'd like to, you know, I, I, sometimes you have a, a constitution that can't take too much. That's I it, can't yeah. do, I can't drink too much. I can't eat yeah. too much. I get, I get sick. I don't have a strong, I don't, some people have an appetite to eat the whole cake. I eat one piece of chocolate cake and I'm like, oof, I'm going to pay for that. You know? Yeah. Well, that's like most, most like rock stars diet, like 27 or whatever the number is, you yeah. know, maybe not most, but a, a lot of them around that point. And I think it is that influx of a whole bunch of shit and trying to take in as much as you possibly can yeah. until you're at certain point taking becomes draining. Right. So it's like the, you know, Egyptians, this is funny that I know this. So I, I believe fact check the first enemas came from Egyptians and it was like 1500 BC and their belief around food was that all disease stems from overeating right you know and so i think that that relates i think everything is you know you can there's metaphors for days with all this stuff so one of the the foundations of of mental emotional disease is too much shit you know and the feeling that i always need to have more and i'm never satisfied with just this one thing so I'm always having this feeling of I need more. This need to hoard. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is biology. Sapolsky would probably have a point of view on that. I mean, I, I wonder how much of that is our just inherent, our innate wiring. Some people are wired to be more moderate like I am. 
and other people are but wired I think it's to be also more a lot of it is cultural trauma I mean you know there for for me like my own eating habits uh, a lot of it came out of my grandmother's experience of the famine of 1944 mm. and so there was this this all this anxiety around food and the desire to like you know hoard food and eat food and yeah. all of that so I mean I think a, a lot of I was talking with a guy who um, does rehab for addiction and he's like the amount of that trauma that is intergenerational where it has just been passed, passed down on. for so many generations out of these old old traumas and I think that's the thing I think a lot of that behavior is about that I think that's really interesting Hunter because as you're talking I think that you know so you ask if my drives are unhealthy I think my mother instilled in me um, how and I think maybe also growing up all over the world especially the developing world my mother always instilled in me how how lucky I am Mm -hmm. Just to be, to have been born the way I was born and where I was born and how I was born. So, I mean, there's always been a healthy dose of guilt that I carry around just for being alive, man. I'm serious. So, you know, then, then you feel responsible to do something somewhat... Uh, 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 so you... You feel responsible to do something uh, that has substance over style, something that is a little bit more grounded in the archetypal sacred principles. What kind of movements do you think I would choose for the top, call it like whatever, five movements, four movements, three movements? What do you think where, where we would start? Hanging. Um, handstand. Plank, uh, something where you curl your body. What does curl your body mean? Maybe a somersault uh, okay. or a back bend yeah. and a reach. I don't know. Well, let's let me start again. <laughs> <laughs> let's edit that out. I would say a lunge has got it. Lunging has got to be in there somewhere, or a squat of some kind has got to be in there. Yes. Yeah. Squat. Or lunge, hang from a branch because it's somewhat simian, um, and uh, and then probably getting somewhere close to the ground. In a push-up position or in a sit-up position. A big one is crawling, man. Mm. You know, so being comfortable, like well, like we, we checked out your your uh, what is your your kid's name? Is that Finn? Finn, yeah, we checked out Finn. Finn, he it's was, a ancient Gaelic. Um, what does it mean? It, it means it stands for the triangular growth that juts from a shark's back. <laughs> <laughs> Finn. <laughs> yeah, I spell it with six N's. Let's Finn. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, do, do what a kid does. Yeah. You know, it's so not that complicated. It's the same thing with fucking eating. You know, people like you spend your life figuring out like how to eat correctly. Generally speaking, feel free to disagree. If it comes out of the ground, if it's organic, if it had kind of like a, a quality upbringing, whether it's animal food, I think it's all just exchange of energy, right? And no matter what it is, if it had a really high quality upbringing and it came from the ground and it's recently came from the ground, our bodies pretty much know how to figure that out. Mm. It's as we start to process it and cover it in pesticides and all this shit, that's when our body's like, oh, like what is this? Mm -hmm. I can't process this mutation of some sort. Mm. I think it's the same thing with movement. 
You know, so if you look at critters running, you know, monkeys, gorillas, little children, all that, the people that are the closest, you know, it's like there's some writer, somebody, somebody clever that says the, the, the people closest to heaven is like straight at from birth and then right before you, you die. And then you turn into kind of like an asshole in between, you know, but you kind of have that. You're like when we meet a little kid, we really have this, this, it's, it's like the closest contact we can have to, I think, our, you know, our, our nature. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what we've done with our movement patterns is we've kind of started to, to leave that, that nature. And now we have, you know, P90X and all these different things. It's like it's like the placebo or the panacea to get us back into shape. Well, that's also to build armor, right? I mean, so that's much of these yeah, so much yeah. of these exercises, you're getting in great shape and you're really muscular and shredded. But I don't know, man. I always I always kind of I, whenever I see a dude who's like the before and after picture and he's showing you his obliques and how shredded he is and how muscular and tight and then you know you've got to throw in a little TRT in there a little testosterone yeah. replacement maybe a little Wenstrel as well just to cut yourself up yeah. we, we get again away from we're back into the lab and away from yeah, you know, I mean, you're not going to win any CrossFit competitions on a high level without a little anabolic help. But. I did that with bodybuilding when I was like 15, 16, and so I have pictures of myself where I was just like super skinny, teeth horrible, bowl cut, like crooked bowl cut, like pretty, pretty primo, primo image from like my like pre-15 time frame, and then random fatherly things. My dad started smoking crack and like went to jail and like all these things kind of wow. happened where it started to feel as though like home was unsafe in, in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, like not sure like what I'm going to come home to kind of thing. Jesus. And so then that manifested into packing on like 60 pounds of muscle in a matter of a year. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty rad. You know, sense, when you, when you, it makes a lot of sense, yeah, you know, and all of a sudden I like puberty starts happening. I grow my beard out as big as I possibly can. I wear a leather jacket, mm-hmm. muscles, push-ups all day, creatine, glutamine, like every type of mean you can possibly think of mm-hmm. just way too much of it, you know, yeah. like protein farts all day long, liver yeah. problems, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. And all that was was a byproduct of me feeling insecure yeah. at a core base home foundational level. And then I build up the armor, exactly what you just that's said, right. which not a lot of people get that connection. And that's like, it's a big, it's a big deal. You see that all the time. You yeah. know, they, I mean, I'll have young men come up to me sometimes and they're just jacked and they're like, I want to be a comic. I'm like, all right. You gotta stop lifting that much. Wow. I, I mean, you gotta feel a little bit bad about yourself. I don't. I don't mean that. You should always be in shape. But Jesus, dude, you're too jacked. I mean, you got a suit of armor on you. That, so then, the process you know. of un, you know, like Hunter, you talk a lot about unlearning, mm-hmm. right? You know. So how how's it go? Learn, unlearn. How's it go? Learn, unlearn, unlearn, relearn, relearn. Yeah, right. You know. So that's the process. The thicker someone's armor becomes, the more of a process it's going to be to take that armor off. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're practicing and this is why CrossFit gets so much flack, you know, so it's like if you're practicing putting on armor on top of a system that's already inherently dysfunctional, you're just making these knots. You're just lacing them up even tighter. Yeah. You know, so you need to first strip down, yeah, unlearn, balance your body. Right? right. And then we slowly start to implement, t- you know, in titrates, you know, it's like yeah. a sciencey term for like little, little drops. Mm-hmm. Right. So you put that little drop of new information. Are there a lot of injuries in, in CrossFit? Cause I hear that, but I'm, I'm so impressed with the kind of shape they're in. I do think a CrossFit's pretty amazing. It depends on the CrossFit. You know, it depends on the coaching. It depends on the programming. It depends on the, the more. So it's, it's you know. It, I, mean, I like, was watching this thing called Fittest on Earth or something. It's a yeah, documentary yeah. about the, the uh, top. They're, 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 they're superhuman. Do you know, you guys know Logan Gelbrick here in town, Deuce Gym? Uh, Logan Gelbrick. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's got a, a, a space called Deuce that um, we did a, like a podcast there recently. And I, it was 
we went and before kind of like hung out and like we ate some you know whatever raw butter and had some coffee and I was kind of like observing the gym and stuff and I saw really good movement you know oh, yeah. I was really impressed you know it's but called Deuce Deuce Jam yeah shout yeah. out to Deuce Jam shout out rope rope um, you know and so that is something that to to get to that point you need to first drop the, the ego part, you know? And so when you lead with oh, numbers and intensities, yeah. well, it'll humble you, but also potentially when you're thinking about the numbers and you're thinking about the repetitions, yeah. sometimes you can miss yes. the focus. Yes. So you need to become really genuinely enamored with the journey and the experience mm -hmm. of just what does it feel like to start you know, hip hinging. What does it feel like to just fucking have a body in the first place? Yeah. You know, putting weight, like holding a kettlebell up over my head and creating that stack from my head down into, in this case, because I'm sitting into my, my sit bones and just feeling that distribution of weight all the way down through my body. That integrates that system from the bottom up. Right. If you start with that, you're on a good track. Mm. If you don't do that, it's going to be a really rocky road. Mm. And this is the stuff that everyone needs to learn. And most people don't f even start figuring out till they are already, you know, where can they start pain. learning it? Where are you reachable? Yeah. Uh, well, aligntherapy.com is like the website. Aligntherapy.com. Yeah. L I G N therapy. Okay. And what do you do on there? They yeah. can go and see it for themselves. Yeah. They can check it out. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in the process of launching online programs for people. So doing a six week program with people nice. that essentially breaks down. You mentioned like the foundational movements. You know, so I call the foundational movements first is just overhead standing, right? So can you stand stack weight arms up overhead and feel that connection from your fingertips all the way down to your feet. You could use a kettlebell, you could use have, have somebody push down you, whatever it is. If you can figure that out, that's good. Mm -hmm. Next, can you squat? Next, can you lunge? Next, can you lunge and have hip rotation? Mm -hmm. If you can do that, then you can start life. If you miss any of those variables, then every time you brush your teeth, every time you pick something up off the ground, every time you get in out of your car, you're probably exacerbating broken patterns. And the thing that, mm. the thing that, you know, I mean, when you sat with me, right, and it was the same, like, well, this is what's interesting, the same thing that your sister-in-law had, I had, which is, is this tendency to, you know, stick your chest out, put your shoulders yeah. back, because you think that that's sort of, you know, good posture. It's cultural education. Yeah. yeah. And, rea and that's the point. A lot of people have this, but the effect of that is is that you're actually you know pushing your spine out so that over time you're setting yourself up for disc herniation and the thing that as you told yeah. me about that and talked about that it reminded me of was that ikea they have this chair and this fake butt and the fake butt sits in it tens and thousands tens of thousands of times and you see what is the effect on your chair of doing this again and again and it's the same thing where if you have your spine misaligned over the course of decades the cumulative effect of that is all these problems that show up when you're 50 60 but you don't realize that you've been setting those problems up because you learn to sit in this unhealthy way when you were in school by the way you can also you can also up. fix it at any time and get rid of your pain i did <clears throat> like it's it, once you once you stack your body the right way man it's kind of amazing well even this is funny because uh so matt madonna who you know came to jesus and by jesus i mean brian callen thank you <laughs> thank you thank you they call me jesus and in the movement circles they call me man leopard keep going <laughs> i'm just saying what they say okay, i don't okay. call myself that because i'm humble okay so and matt, I'm, and matt i'm not driven by anything matt madonna bad. who came to see man leopard thank you um but, but you can say ml i don't give a fuck ml yeah, yeah. um so man lep yeah man lep yeah man lep. um 
so anyway, Matt came all the way from Phoenix. He drove all these hours to come see Thank you, Matt. Man Leopard, Man Lep. And, uh, you know, one of the interesting things was as we were talking to Aaron is that, you know, uh, you changed his life, by the way, just in that short meeting, because oh, now that. that was really sweet. Of yeah. Him. Like, now he he's, has this awareness and it was the same thing. It didn't take much exposure to Aaron to sort of get this awareness of like, oh, that does feel you just literally start paying attention to your body. But I think you also when when Aaron um, adjusts you, you start producing estrogen and you realize <laughs> that you you're actually a gay man. That's what that's what's kind of amazing. I thought I was yeah. straight this whole time. Uh, Brian, ever, I don't know uh, that, that the people who called you man lap thought you were straight. But yeah, well, uh, I. Again, we were talking about shape-shifting earlier. You know, I'm an equal opportunity employer. Did you guys ever notice that Brian's cold pool there is the shape of the Mecca, the Mecca cube? Was that uh, done by design? I didn't notice it. I, I built it for that reason. Wow. <laughs> and it is uh, I have a multicultural is pool. Is there, a, is there a meteorite in there? Yes. Well, that's, you'll, what is it called? It can't you'll be feel Mecca that with cube. your toes. No, it's called the Kaaba. Oh, God, Hunter. Yeah. Dude, Hunter so knows his shit. The, uh, you really do, man. I love that there was this, There, what was the vocab word? I was almost going to text you. You what it what it is what's the word for when uh the doctor makes you sick or the hospital makes you sick oh iatrogenic fuck yeah. iatrogenic yeah, there's hunter knows, there's nobody hunter. who knows and remembers names and words oh god like hunter that's must be what i remember no this also no but this actually connects back because what aaron was saying earlier was that you understand the building blocks of movement the fundamentals of movement that you learned through doing things like wrestling so when you then go to tennis you're able to cross apply all sorts of knowledge fundamentals of learning. Yeah, it's so true, dude. I had a, a guy who was on the tour That's teaching me golf, and he and he said um, something. He said, "Dude, give me ninety days, and I'll get you at a ten handicap." And I said, "Oh yeah." And he said, "Well, you know your body. You just know your body, so he can tell me something." And I do. I know my body after. I I've been doing something with my body my whole life. Tennis, Taekwondo, where you have to use both sides of your body. You're kicking and punching. It's a boxing. It's, it's all the same. You, you gotta you gotta communicate with your brain to your body. There's yep. a different way to adjust. You're always adjusting where your feet are. You know, it's it's that realization, that like epiphany moment that every moment I am, you know, I am folding. I'm 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 forming the clay that is that is myself. So as I'm sitting here, I'm kind of, you know, you got whatever. I'm like exposing my genitals towards Brian. Thank right? God. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Thank God, everyone. You know, but so, Is so that I'm, sunshine coming out I'm of there? Like, so I'm, I'm getting like, Aaron to my wife. I'm going to have one of his children. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm like sitting on the edge of this little, whatever you call the yep. little arm, the arm portion of the chair, because I want to open up my thoracic spine a little bit, because that's a place that, again, culturally we're stuck, and I'm a part of that culture, you mm -hmm. know, and so I've already kind of mentioned like all of the scarcity and all of the armor that I've put on I'm still taking that shit off so literally as we're hanging out here I'm taking off daddy issues yeah right by opening up, up open your crotch to Brian and, and, and yeah right well that's another well, thing that's why Aaron calls me daddy <laughs> and I'm about to start smoking crack and I'm gonna you, be mean to him wow you guys you guys have an amazingly complex or something well, you, have to, re, you, have, to, you have to relive the trauma <laughs> I smoke fake crack because I'm too busy to smoke real crack but we do role-playing it's deep let me see your let me see your genitals. Open your thoracic spine. Pick a spot on the wall, and Daddy's going to town. Uh, you people want serious? I'm not giving it to you. Okay. So, um, but I, but th there are these these the the point is these fundamentals of movement which people like Matt Madonna and I didn't have. We didn't know these, 
And, you know, that has a whole bunch of consequences in the same way there are fundamentals and building blocks to learning in terms of breaking. So iatrogenic, you break that down into roots. Iatros is doctor. Genus is caused by. Right. So Duh. caused by doctors. Duh. So I, that's how idiots. But but <laughs> but that's not how most people are taught to approach vocabulary in terms of etymology and the origins of words and understanding the building blocks. Yeah. So that's I mean, in terms of mixed mental arts, it's no different than mixed martial arts where, you know, you have to learn the fundamentals of boxing or yeah. kicking or anything like that. And by teaching people all these fundamentals and building blocks, we can massively accelerate their learning because then you have these building blocks that you can apply again and again and again to everything that you do. I love that. And on that note, I have to go to boxing. <gasps> Time to go. Um, but uh, this has been an enlightening podcast once again. And I like what you said about the building blocks and how you can apply it to everything. That's right. Vocabulary, movement, food, everything, uh, and your intellectual um, pursuits. Uh, aligntherapy.com is where you can go to begin the process of reaching closer to heaven, ladies mm. and gentlemen. But also, uh, Aaron is going to be breaking down some of these five core movements, four, four core movements. We Keep got it, it down simple. to four. Yeah. Um, but these four core movements for mixed mental arts. Great. Um, so that, Great. you know, there can be more disciples who can come to see we want the, We want the most flexible followers That's possible. That's right. It's very important. You're only as old as your spine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Lao Tzu. I don't know if he said that, but I just know that that's a Chinese name. Uh... <laughs> And for more offensive stuff, <laughs> tune in next week. This has been Brian Callen, Aaron Alexander, and the great and knowledgeable Hunter Motts. Bye-bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was um, an amazing opportunity to hear two of the most attractive men in the city of most attractive men talking. Even if you didn't get to see them, at least you heard their sexy mm. Backs Good God. On, on that podcast. So, um, and if that wasn't exciting enough, Aaron Alexander also now wants to offer a gift to the world. To the world. To the world. What is that gift still, besides your body? Still recovering from the, the, the swall of the tumescence from the podcast. <laughs> before, before we can mention, I think we just have to have to decompress a second here. And then, so, uh, yeah, so we, it was you and I, Hunter, we put together this five day challenge for folks with the help of read the hedgehog. Nice one. Big R. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to create something for people that is digestible and kind of a starting point. And so what we put together is just a really simple five day challenge that people can get started improving their lives immediately. So jump on to, we can jump onto aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com, probably find it on Mixed Mental Arts as well. Maybe. Yeah, it'll, I'm certainly, not sure. it'll, it'll certainly be on the Mixed Mental Arts YouTube page. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tweet it out and, you know, we'll figure out where to put it on the website. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a big part of it is just, you know, our goal with all of this is how can you get these concepts in the fastest way possible and then, you know, not only get them visually through these videos, but then also have, you know, very practical ways to test this out so you can literally feel the difference. Feel, I hate how you say that. Really? So Hunter forced me to say feel in a video and I hated every second of it. <laughs> Every second. You but, can see that. 
Yeah, well, Aaron, how do you think I felt about sitting in these ways that weren't just slumpy? That's called a limbic response. Yeah. When you have a limbic response to something. When I say feel, my face just says, fuck you. (laughs) Even though I try to fake it, every every muscle in my face just hates it. And when you made me, you know, sit in the proper posture, Mm. I had a limbic response. Good. And it hated it. But... Oh, but that's not what we say. Let's edit that part out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm actually like the honest truth is, is that actually it felt much better. My limbic response was positive. So that's, mm. but you know, I had a teacher in, uh, in sort of elementary middle school who told me I had a punch me face. Mm. So I think it may just be that I generate negative limbic responses. That could be that. <laughs> I think that has something to do with it. I got the generating negative limbic responses gene. Um, and then the other the other thing is uh, we're going to release this podcast in the same time on the other end. That's so right. People can jump over to the Align podcast. And I know one person who is a huge, huge fan of the Align podcast. Is this Mr. Matt Madonna? And that is Mr. Matt the and Unicorn I hope, I, Madonna. I hope you're listening. Yeah. Um, I, he definitely will be because he's being, you know, Matt Madonna met Aaron Alexander or Buff Spider-Man. And, uh, you know, 15 minutes with, with uh, Aaron changed his life. And now he is just being, you know, working his way through that back catalog of Align podcasts and practicing it every day. And everybody in his office thinks he's nuts, but okay. he is slowly working a counter insurgency in his company to make people realize that the nuts thing is the weird culture that makes you sit in these bizarre positions yeah that's what yep. it's about. um all right well ladies and gentlemen it is always a pleasure to spend time with the very tumescent brian callen and the very tumescent inducing mm. uh, aaron alexander Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you Ample Meal for supporting this podcast. Ample Meal is a bottle of deliciousness. It's a comprehensive full meal designed to provide quality fuel when you don't have time to sit down and make a sandwich or whatever you're into. Uh, Really good stuff. Just throw some water in there and it's got fats from macadamia, coconut, chia seed. It's got wheatgrass, barley grass, chlorella, various types of fiber, probiotics. Really good stuff. Get yourself 15% off using the Align code at AmpleMeal.com and uh, A-L-I-G-N is the code, 15% off on that purchase. All right, guys, thanks so much. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, a uh, couple things you can do, one of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, you can utilize the the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome. So great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you know um, has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial 
paypal.com slash align. And then from there, that is, uh, you get a free audio book from Audible. They have something like, I don't know, a bajillion different titles to choose from. Uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again, all free, no matter what size the book you get. And that got me through, I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really, really amazing website, uh, amazing service, couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. Costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show, boom. Um, Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for, for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.